Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Serie A fan, Pirlo saves his bacon this week, while Milan make a pig's ear of it. Elsewhere, Serie A clubs are in streaky form, as Roma stumble in the league, but experience an Amsterdam high. Napoli win and lose, while Inter just keep grinding out those wins. We talk about all that, plus finally make a ham-fisted attempt at answering a listener's question on this episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome back to Scudetto, your weekly roundup of Italian football. Uh, been a, a week of kind of mixed fortunes for most of the clubs in Serie A, which made good week, bad week a bit of a challenge, as you'll find out shortly. Uh, but we do still have one Italian club in European competition. Roma actually currently playing against Ajax in the Europa League quarterfinal. So we'll catch up on that one towards the end of the pod. Plenty to speak about before that. But first, let's catch up with the squad. Kenny, I think it's your turn to go first this week. How are you getting on, first of all? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, thanks, Oscar. I don't really have a story per se. I did what I imagine uh, quite a lot of people did over the weekend, which was just uh, eat, eat lots of chocolate. Uh, the weather's been kind of crazy here. We had summer, basically, on Saturday, and uh, it's been snowing a little bit since then. So good weather to sit inside and eat chocolate. Yeah, it's been the same here, although it's not so unexpected for this time of the year to have a bit of snow in Helsinki. But it's also been very nice and sunny at times, which means I've been getting out and about, which I'll tell you more about in my story. But first of all, Kenny, you're holding up a beer. What sort of beer is that? Looks familiar. Yes, uh, I've gone back to North London's uh, Beavertown Brewery. Uh, this one is a Bloody L, which I think is one of the one of their few regular staples that i haven't actually had yet so i'm really looking forward to it it's a blood orange ipa and it's a 5.5 percenter so it's weak by boaz's standards uh relatively strong by my standards nice yeah actually with your fruity beer last week as well you got me in a, a bit of a kind of spring mood i thought i'd go for something similar i picked up a mango chili nordic sour um, so kind of gone a bit overboard but that sounds interesting does sound interesting. I haven't tried it yet, um, but I'll let you know how it goes down. I enjoyed my uh, my beer with chili in it. So. Oh yeah, I forgot you had a chili beer as well. When I was drinking the non-alcoholic, the ginger beers, some of those were quite spicy, which I enjoyed. So bodes well. Uh, Buzz, have you got anything to contribute to the beer discussion this week? For the beer discussion, I'm going to surprise Kenny, and I'm, I think for the first time ever, I'm below him in terms of alcohol. Uh, my one is a 4.5% and it's a Mahu, I believe you call it, Session IPA. I want to see what all the fuss is about. Is that the Spanish one? Yep. Yeah, it's the only lager that I ever see advertised in Spain or I ever buy in the supermarkets there. I didn't even realize it was a 4.5. I, otherwise, I might have not even picked it up, but um, <laughs> maybe it will surprise me. And with yeah. regards to a story, I actually just saw a gig. One of my more wealthy neighbors has a big garden and she 
occasionally has classical musicians play in her garden and she invites the whole neighborhood to sit just outside of her fence so we can hear it but not see it because we're not elite enough. But anyway, it's very nice and very interesting. <laughs> That's quite strange. So oh, and she, she also, she, well, there, she sells tickets for the, um, for the people who, the 20 or so people who are allowed into her house. But then she also prances around the outside, like giving people glasses of wine and stuff and like crackers. <laughs> very bizarre. Hey, everyone, come and see how wealthy I am. But the music was good. It was a uh, today. It was a uh, brass quartet, I believe. That's weird. In the town where I grew up, there's like a big sort of stately home just on the outskirts of the town, and they did music concerts there. And um, you could always hear it from like across the whole town. So people would just go and sit in the park and listen. But at one point, Rick Astley came to the play a concert there. So like the entire town got Rick rolled. It's quite amusing. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, I've already told you a story, so I'm going to save my other story for next week. Um, <laughs> And let's move on to the football. Uh, so we're going to start this week with Juventus, who've had, I guess you could say, a bit of a mixed week. They beat Napoli 2-1 in that replay game um, that was cancelled due to COVID or at the start of the season. Um, and they drew in that Turin derby that we um, previewed in the last episode. Uh, so the question that I wanted to ask here is kind of, Pirlo was saying after the Napoli win that he's, he's learned from his mistakes and uh, you know, he's confident he's going to come back a better manager next season. Uh, not sure of the exact quotes, but that was the sort of gist of it. Uh, Kenny, are we, are we kind of buying that? Have we seen any evidence that he's made progress as a manager this season? Um, well, it's kind of difficult to say. I think you were saying before, you were saying before we recorded, Oscar, the big problem all along has been inconsistency. And this week is a kind of prime example of that because they were absolutely awful against against Torino. Even when they were one nil up in that game, I was texting you guys and I was saying they're they're getting absolutely hammered here. Ended up coming away with I think after in fairness after Torino got the early goal in the in the second half, I think Juve um, were you know the the more likely from from then on. Uh, but overall, just like too laboured, um, not not great. And then much 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 better against Napoli, um, deserved winners in that game. That that rematch that we've been talking about since what was about match day four or something uh, of, of the season. So from that point of view. You can't really say that there there has been progress. I think you were also asking me before about whether he would be the right man for the job in the summer. Would would you appoint Pirlo uh, for next season on the basis of this season? I think on the basis of this season, you wouldn't, would you? He hasn't really shown enough to, to, to say that he is yet of a standard that a club, a huge club like Juve, I mean, huge by Italian standards, but even by, you know, European standards and hence yeah, global and just standards. just the players that are at the club at the moment as well. Yeah. Like, the value yeah. of that squad. But the flip side to that is that, obviously, is he a better man for the job this summer than he was last summer? Undoubtedly, yes, because he's actually got some experience managing, so... Um, I don't know. It's difficult. It remains perplexing, the fact that they appointed him in the first place. Uh, I continue to stand by my conviction at the beginning that he will, I have no doubt, um, if he chooses to to continue to pursue this career, he will no doubt uh, become a top manager. Uh, It remains to be seen whether that is with Juventus. Uh, I think he was very close to being shown the door despite the 
the words of assurance from Paratici and, and Nedved a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, it's difficult difficult to see any progress really, but uh, he he's an intelligent man, so I'm sure that he has I'm sure he has learned a lot um and maybe once he's had a summer to put together his team, um it'll be a different story. Yeah, um, Boaz, when Richard Hughes was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he said that if Pirlo was your man last summer, then he's got to still be your man this summer. Do you go along with that? I think that kind of makes sense. Um, we were quite shocked at the fact that uh, Juventus were so swift to get rid of Sari. I appreciate that um, he didn't connect with some of the players and a lot of the fan base. But ultimately, um, we it's been said that time and time again, if if you decide to go with a guy like Sari, you need to commit to his methods. And it, it seems like yeah, Juventus uh, aborted that project halfway through and uh, started a whole new project with Pirlo. And while Pirlo's um, whole uh, manifesto before he started was great on paper, it's been hard to see on the pitch, uh, particularly as Juve have failed to win more than three games in a row, I believe. Also, after these last few games, it's, it feels like Pirlo's... Um, professional veneer i think i called him robotic on a past episode he he always said the exact right thing not too much not too little but that also started slipping a little bit and earlier in the week he had a a go at uh, the fact that inter's game was postponed and he kind of said oh but we we played with players who had covid and again i mean everyone is dealing with this whole problem and it it doesn't help to have um, the manager of your biggest club um critique the the way the league is going about things but more to the point, he he also seemed um, a little a little insecure, shall we say, about it with that quote you mentioned earlier on. T- to me, the manager of Juventus is uh, shouldn't shouldn't be learning on the job. But that that seems a little bit ridiculous to me. Yeah, although maybe he's learning from uh, the Inter Milan manager who uh, likes to give us good Conte, bad Conte. Maybe being a, a bit a bit more passionate and inconsistent in his press conferences is what he needs to get performances on the pitch. It definitely makes podcasting a lot easier for us if uh, the, the managers <laughs> give us instant quotes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but so just back to the results that we've had, kind of what do we think this means for the race for, I guess we're talking about it as the race for second place. We'll start with you, Kenny. Who, who do you think is going to get second? And does it really matter? Or is it just all about the Champions League places now? Well... I was actually this question was put to to Pirlo. Uh, what would what would be success for you now? Are you just looking to qualify for Champions League? And he said, at this stage, first place looks difficult. So yes, that would be you know we'd do that and we'd build, look to win this this mini league as he put it and build towards the Coppa Italia game which they've got with Atalanta. I think undoubtedly from a financial point of view it would mean more to Atalanta to finish second. Obviously Milan and Juve are money-making machines off the off the field obviously to to different extents at the moment, but Atalanta historically don't have that uh, and yeah, undoubtedly the the financial reward that comes with finishing second would be would mean more to them. Um as to who um as to who I kind of fancy for it, I think on current form you've got to say that um, Atalanta probably they're they're two points behind Milan, one point behind Juve, uh, but Milan have been on these runs before. Uh, well, they, they went on a run for for a year basically where they seemed unstoppable. 
you'd never know if that will if that will kick back in. And also, Atalanta have a couple of pretty pretty challenging games coming up as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I would say Atalanta probably on current form are favourites for for second, but that's probably more to do with the inconsistencies of Milan and Juve than it is to do with the fact that I'm convinced that uh, Atalanta are gonna you know just blow away every team that's put in front of them. Yeah, and we're ruling Napoli out of it. Let's say what you're ruling out. I think. Yeah, for a second, I think I, I think I am. What Napoli are? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're I think four points off it at the moment. Yeah. Well, no, I mean they're they're obviously not out of it either. But obviously, the further you you go down the pecking order, the more teams there are that need to be dropping points and playing worse than you. So. And what about you, Buzz, with the the Milan perspective? What does second mean to you? Are you, are you bothered about it, or are you? First of all, I think um, we should mention that. I think this is maybe the third or fourth weekend where there is a, a potential for some narrative for Inter to split to uh, slip up. There was um, they missed the game, so obviously they they had uh, Milan could have somehow closed the gap with a win against Sampdoria. Likewise, this has happened earlier in the season, but once again the the narrative klaxon did not ring, and um, Juve and um, Milan managed to get meager draws while Inter went on to win and. Now they also won the game in hand and they're off. Um, it's pretty much sure that they've won it. And as you, as you, it's right for you to focus on second position down. With regards to Milan, I, I think it's it's far from certainty that Milan will be second. Uh, and I think the Champions League is also at risk if they continue like this. They haven't won at home since um, the early February, and they've let's face it, it uh, this whole year so far the performances have not been up to scratch. Probably what has happened is the that long period of playing with uh, quite so many players injured and suspensions, etc., has caught up with the squad. And even though a lot of these players are finally coming back, it's going to take some time for them to kind of uh, start running on all cylinders again. And quite possibly, perhaps Milan were over over performing and uh, everything was falling just right for them. Uh, as, as an example, the game against Sampdoria where... Let's face Milan didn't didn't deserve even a draw. Sampdoria is tactically Ranieri was a sly old fox and kind of countered Milan perfectly. Ultimately, the draw is kind of a harsh result for Sampdoria, and yet Milan managed to hit the post in the 92nd minute or something. So earlier in the season, Milan would have scored that goal, and we'd be talking about a, a hard-earned victory. But instead, we're talking about points slipped. And I think um, just to touch on something that you both mentioned is that I wouldn't discount anyone from Lazio, Roma, Napoli, Atalanta because the, the usually the top four would be quite certain by now but everyone is quite quite close right now and yeah I mean you've got to discount Roma from second really haven't you like they're nine points off it I just want to clarify that I am not actually um, discounting Napoli from finishing in the Champions League spot. And I'm not even saying that Milan are certain to finish in the Champions League spots. All I'm saying is that Napoli are that many places behind and four points when you've only got, I think it's nine games left. Um, You need all of those clubs above you to be performing quite considerably worse than you. Maybe Atalanta less so because they're only two points ahead, but Juve and Milan both to be considered 
performing considerably worse than you. Um, but it's very possible that one of those teams will do and will drop out of the Champions League spot. It's very possible that um, Atalanta will drop out of the Champions League spots. It's very possible that Napoli will uh, finish in the Champions League spot. That is all to play for, absolutely. But if it's purely on yeah. second place, I would say it's probably between those three. Yeah. Just to bring it back to uh, Elan for a second, though, Burz, because I think probably their game against Palm this weekend is kind of the pick of the weekend games. Palm obviously fighting for their lives. Uh, Milan in this fight for top four, top two, however we want to view it. You, you mentioned the injury concerns. They, they should have a fairly strong squad for this one, shouldn't they? There's a, a few n- uh, niggles here and there, but overall it feels like the squad is slowly coming back to itself. Parma, of course, uh, stole a draw in the first leg of this game at San Siro. Uh, where Milan dominated the game but somehow found themselves 2-0 down. And um, this is one of those matches where both clubs will do everything to win and hopefully that will mean it will be very exciting, but uh, maybe not one for the, the anyone who has a heart condition and is a fan of either club. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, have you got anything else that you want to talk about uh, Milan-wise? Because I've, if not, I've just seen the final result from Rome. I should say that um, I'm going to give an honourable, it's an unscheduled honourable to uh, Qualiarella, who, despite being passed a very silly pass from uh, Teo Hernandez, um, he still had the presence of mind to chip Donnarumma. And it it was, uh, again, the the move was probably not the most exciting move because of how it came about, but his technique to put it away was lovely. So, And of course, we mentioned earlier in the season that Qualiarella, Milan were the only club that Qualiarella had never scored against in the current Serie A, so he ticks that club off his list as well, and uh, chapeau to him. Yeah, fair play. Lovely goal. Um, I said uh, there's a result from Rome, it's actually from Amsterdam, but Roma have actually nicked a last-minute winner, so 2-1 in Amsterdam, which completely changes the complexion of this section that we're about to give you, doom and gloom. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's Roma out of the uh, top, top four race then, surely. No, I know we're in the first well, leg. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just stirring. Yeah, but I mean, it, it goes along with the theme of um, teams in that race this season of just having mixed weeks because they were again disappointing in the league. Two-two draw with Sassuolo, and they just look to be on a real sort of downward trajectory in the league, don't they, Burs? I mean, like you were saying before, they've they've been bad against the top teams for a while, but they're dropping points all over the shop at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Roma's um, stats against top teams have been shocking all season. I believe it's three points out of uh, 27 possible. But um, I think the right now, playing on Thursday night really weighs on them later on in the week. Of course, that wasn't the case uh, last weekend, but maybe their minds are slightly more on the this European adventure. Who knows? I mean, the way things are going and the kind of pandemic season that this is, I, I wouldn't discount Roma from... Uh, Going all the way, of course, they need to play the winner of Granada or, well, first they need to get past Ajax, of course, but they would have to play against uh, the winner of Granada, Man United, I believe, and that's probably the where the real challenge will come up. Yeah, and that's probably going to be Man United, who have just beaten Granada 2-0 away in the first leg. Uh, but yeah, Kenny, I mean, you joke, but it, it does mean now that Roma have... I think, three games before they face Atalanta, one of them being that second leg against Ajax, whereas Atalanta only have a couple. Could really make the difference, couldn't it, coming into the 
towards the end of the season. It's, it's worth repeating that the the winner of the Europa League gets a spot in the Champions League, so possibly Italy would have five teams next year, which would be quite good for someone who just started an Italian football podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, you would expect Atalanta would be the fresher going into going into that game. Uh, and I think Atalanta's problems, uh, the, the reason that Atalanta probably aren't actually further up the table than they are, and I think Richard alluded to, to this, Richard Hughes, when he was on the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, just those periods where they haven't been putting the, the results together, um, the, the blips throughout the season. Um, but I think those have coincided with periods where they've had um, European games in midweek and games at the weekend as well and that's not unexpected for a club of Atalanta size because the big thing that they were trying to do this season was build out a bigger squad uh, because if you remember at the end of last season the Champions League they were pretty much dead on their feet uh, I mean the players were just absolutely I'm trying to think for a, a polite way to, to say that they were exhausted so <laughs> so yeah this would be a situation that you would think favours Atalanta, but they've got uh, they've got Juve about four days before that on the Sunday. So yeah, yeah four days Sunday before. Well. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, it it is it is still uh, is still all to play for. But there's uh, we we don't see anything like with Juve. We don't see anything with Roma that suggests that they're going to translate that European form and consistency uh, to to Serie A. Maybe we'll be proved wrong. Yeah, um, and last bit of news that we should mention from the Roma camp is it unfortunately looks like Zaniolo's return from injury has been delayed by three or four weeks and almost certainly going to be missing the European Championships this summer. On the plus side, I think we can answer Tifosi Down Under's uh, question about the, the, the best front three for, for Italy. Although that would be assuming that we're still happy with Immobile up top. But uh, Chiesa and Insigne will definitely be in there. Kevin Lasagna. <laughs> well, oh. lasagna on the score sheet at the uh, at the weekend. So yeah, maybe he's hitting form at the right time. The <laughs> if we if we were proper Italians, we would be scared of jinxing some sort of injury by naming this team so early. But fortunately, we we don't believe in uh, jinxing. Yeah. Well, speaking of naming teams, it's time for us to answer Liz's question. Uh, now, Liz sent in a, a question to ask Scudetto, which was was it last week? Was it two weeks ago? Uh, anyway. It was about three weeks ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> I know when it was, and I, I'm ashamed to say when it was. And it wasn't. It was more than three weeks ago. <laughs> it might have been the first episode of March, not April. But a couple of weeks ago, we spent the entire pre-production hour just making this eleven, and then we forgot to actually present it. <laughs> What's the premise? So, yeah. So the premise, yeah, I didn't haven't explained it at all, and no one's going to remember because it was so long ago. So basically, we had to come up with a starting eleven of players who played in Serie A, the best starting eleven. but you can only have one player from each club. It was very tricky. I should also add that there were two weeks where you were off uh, ill uh, with scurvy. On this. Scurvy. <laughs> the only um, reason he was off is because he didn't want to do this time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a very, very tricky, it was a very, very tricky uh, task. And actually, we look at the team that we've got, and Boaz said before we started recording, that's a rubbish team. 
Uh, is Kevin Lasagna in it? I, can't. I forgot. We'll get to it. We'll get he's to it. He's not. He was definitely nominated by me several times. So we had players like Lukaku in there. We spoke about like all of the all of the big guys that really should be the first names on the team sheet. But um, what we actually came up with was Donnarumma in goal for for Milan. Um, we had Manolas and Romero at uh, centre back, so representing Napoli and Atalanta. We had Hakimi at right back for Inter, Spinazzola from Roma at left back, uh, Locatelli in a defensive midfield role from Sassuolo, and then we had Rodrigo De Paul and Luis Alberto, Udinese and Lazio uh, accordingly. And then we had Orsolini, right uh, right of uh, front three, uh, and that was largely because he was, with with all of the, the best players from the best teams used up, we couldn't find a right forward. And we had Christ- on the team sheet. Uh, then we had Cristiano Ronaldo, because uh, he kind of got to really. Uh, he comes in for stick, but he's still one of the greatest footballers of our generation. Uh, and Vlaovic up front because we couldn't shoehorn in Lukaku and yeah if I'm not mistaken there's no Verona player so um, Oscar's dream of having uh, Kevin Lasagna in the team is still very possible Kevin Lasagna is on the bench he's he's the one player on the bench Uh, (laughs) first name on the bench Claudio Ranieri uh, (laughs) from Sampdoria obviously uh, is our manager just because you've got to love a little bit of dilly ding dilly dong Perfect. Indeed. So send in your questions and we'll respond uh, six weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's too bad a team. I think it would finish top half. Yeah, I have a problem with the right uh, attacking area, but it's it's hard once you you picked uh, Hakimi for Inter or Donnarumma for Milan or once. I mean, it's a it's a it's a big task. You got Cristiano Ronaldo for Juve, so you can have Chiesa. I reckon with Ranieri as manager, that would probably finish above Pirlo's Juve. It would definitely be for the, in for the, the fight for the second spot. Ronaldo would score 30 goals in that team. The question is, does Ronaldo exist for Juventus if he's also playing for this fictional side? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, and we'll address that in six weeks' time. Because <laughs> now <laughs> we need to do good week, bad week. Which, as I already mentioned, is very difficult this week because no one's really had that good or that bad a week, except for Inter, and we didn't want to give it to Inter again. We can't just keep giving it to, to Inter. That's the problem. It would just yeah. be good week, Inter, bad week, Milan and Juve every week at the moment. So, for good week, I think we're going to go with Atalanta, aren't we, Kenny? Can you tell us a little bit about their week? Yeah, so it's more to do with the teams around them, I think, than than anything else. No team at the bottom has really um, like pulled themselves out of uh, any imminent danger. Uh, Inter, as we said, we can't just keep giving it to them. And if you look at that top, that that, that challenge for the Champions League spots. Atalanta and Lazio are the only teams that haven't dropped points, um, so have kind of strengthened strengthened their positions. Uh, Lazio, uh, Simone Inzaghi, obviously, has tested positive for, for COVID, and they also had two players sent off. So I think by process of elimination, Goodweek has to go to Atalanta. And in addition, yeah. Papo, Go- Papo Gomez is quoted as saying that uh, it's really hard for him to um, watch Atalanta's games because his heart is still in Bergamo. And uh, I think if you're an Atalanta fan, there's nothing better than uh, 
a, a go, an ex lover whose uh, whose heart is still yearning for you. Yeah, I think Atalanta's fans' hearts are still yearning for for Papo as well. To be honest, it's uh, I don't think there's too much bitterness. I think he's still very very much loved. Fair enough. And for bad week, um, and this one was probably even more difficult, but we've gone for Cagliari because they drop points in a game which against Verona, admittedly a very hard game, but if they want to stay up, it's the kind of kind of games they need to be doing a bit better in. And if they do get relegated, we wanted to give them a bad week before they do. So sorry, guys. And we've also mentioned in the past that with with the kind of squad that they have, they should be. There is no way they should be so low in the table. Yeah, and a point further away from from safety because obviously Torino picked up that point against Juve. Yeah, it was a bad week indeed. And speaking of bad weeks, we've got to do a bit of a COVID update. So this is on the Italy COVID crisis. We've we've just got a bit more detail now that 19 out of 80 people who traveled with the italian national team came back positive it seems like quite a lot of people to be traveling with the squad doesn't it yeah i'm trying to understand who all these people were i know there was it was an extended squad so yeah anyways 19 out of 80 people is almost 25 percent and that's uh spreading it's eight players who have caught it and there's also as we mentioned last week the sassuolo players who were not fielded as a precaution. This is the kind of scenario that uh, the COVID football presents until the players get vaccinated, I suppose. Yeah. And um, on this topic, what do we think of the suggestion that there should be bigger squads for the Euros? The uh, Italian FA has been kind of pushing for this. I mean, on the one hand, it could mean more people traveling, like, you know, the associated staff. And Kevin Uh, Lasagna. (laughs) Yeah. But on the upside, it could mean Kevin Lasagna gets in the squad. Uh, so <laughs> what, what do we think about this? I'm all for it. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. It makes sense. It's pragmatic. I've been saying all along when people have been like pushing for games to be played where there was really no reason to, to play them, um, where people have been complaining about games being suspended when half of a team, uh, games being um, postponed when half of a team is, you know, testing positive for COVID, that you have to be pragmatic, you have to be flexible. This seems like a very sensible um, proposal to me. The only thing I, that worries me is that if when you have a squad of 23 to 28 players, you have 80 staff around you, how many staff would you have to bring with? 30 players does do you have to increase everything exponentially but um yeah. overall i think it's a good idea presumably some of these players would be on standby like like you are in a just before a tournament or like the like in the world cup when for example gaza was dropped so i think uh i mean it doesn't seem like a, such a big uh pain for anyone involved you, you know you you tell your your caputos or whatever look man don't put your shoes away for the summer because we may need you yeah, I guess if they're actually staying at home. I, I was one, uh, just thinking it could actually be a significant number of people across, you know, if, if every squad has an additional two players. But maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe if they're just on standby, then definitely there's no argument against it that I can think of. At the same time, you can't ha- you can't have like 20 people on standby. That's just get, That would get a bit ridiculous if you have like the third, the fifth choice keeper, like not going on holiday, just waiting for the call. I'll happily delay my holiday <laughs> um uh so let's move on to the honorables and dishonorables kenny do you want to kick us off with your obligatory goals honorable yeah well there's an obvious standout which is daniele verde for his uh, incredible bicycle kick 
uh, for Spezia against Lazio. Uh, just absolutely textbook bicycle kick in off the, the crossbar, I think, as well. Top corner, just the, the sort of thing that kids practice over and over and over and over and never, never manage it. Um, so that absolute standout uh, goals honourable. The other one I'm going to give to Traore for his goal for Sassuolo against the Inter. Again, <laughs> both of my honourable goals are for uh, goals for the losing side in 2-1 uh, results. Glorious defeats, Kenny. It's what you sign up for as a Spurs <laughs> fan and yeah. probably as an Atalanta <laughs> fan as well. And certainly as a St Mirren fan, Yes. But just really, really lovely. Uh, half volley just as it bounces, I think, on the way up. Um, side foots it, curls it into the top corner. Just really, really nice. Uh, lovely technique and a very attractive goal to look at as well. So that's my goals honourables. And just to touch on Daniele Verdi, it's nice to see his name being brought up again because um, earlier in the season, he w- he was one of the forerunners for the Gagliardini Challenge, managing to hit the post from about 50 centimeters outside of the goal. It would have been a shame if that was all that he was remembered for. Yeah, on the topic of players that score spectacular goals, Baz, one of the one of the leaders in the honorable mentions leaderboard is in for another one. Well, this is uh, I, w- I didn't even nominate him in this occasion, but um, our man Antivirus um, is getting an honorable mention. Antivirus is a new character in the upcoming Asterix and Obelix movie, and the the person who's going to play him is Latan Ibrahimovic. Um, I'm not sure why, but uh, <laughs> f- fair enough. Let's go for it. He joins uh, Michael Schumacher, Zinedine Zidane, and Tony Parker and Amelie Moresmo as sports stars who have starred in a uh, Asterix movie. And um, I mean, uh, Antivirus doesn't sound like a name from the Asterix and Obelix era, but I guess. <laughs> I'm, thank God I'm not writing this script. Yeah, not a lot more to say about that, really. He gets to dust <laughs> off his French as well, I guess. For sure. I guess they've modernized it in some way. Looking forward to not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kenny, it looks like you've got another goals honorable here. It's not really a goal honorable. I mean, it was a lovely... It was, it's, for, it's for Dybala. Um it's not really for the goal itself, although it was a lovely, a lovely goal. Uh, Dybala's obviously had an absolutely horrific time of it. Uh, he got got COVID badly. It really, obviously, impacted the start of his season. Um, then was out with long term injury. Then had the the whole dinner slash party uh, escapade at uh, the McKenney residence, um, which is probably best in the in the history books uh but yeah so he he came on in uh juve's victory over napoli scored what ultimately proved to be the decisive goal a uh, lovely lovely finish but it was more for the fact that um it's just the comeback the story really the the comeback of dibala the the great finish the fact that the entire squad raced to celebrate with him including i believe uh, Chesney who was warming up or something 80 85 yards away apparently ran the length of the field to to celebrate with him so just a really nice story and uh, it's easy to forget how important Dybala was to to Juve last season in them winning that ninth title in a row 
And I really, really thought that that was any question marks about his place in this Juve team put to bed once and for all. I thought he'd kick on, but he's had horrible luck and it's uh, great to great to see him back because he's an absolutely wonderful footballer and seems like a really nice and intelligent guy as well. And to further em- emphasize his importance to Juve, even just this season, he's featured in only 12 games, but Juve averaged 2.3 points per game in these matches, whereas this, in the 17 matches that he missed, Juve averaged 1.8 points per game. So that's a significant difference. And I mean, he has played 12 games against 17 that he hasn't, but out of those 12 games, none were losses. Clearly, he's a vital member of that squad and probably a little bit underappreciated from by the fan base. So it could be key next season. Oh, I've got dishonorable now. Um <laughs> And just to follow on from my dishonourable last week for the new Inter badge, I have to give a dishonourable to the new Inter kit. Is it the third or fourth kit, actually? So it's the fourth that. kit, but it is the latest I've read is that it's unlikely to be approved by Serie because there are, there are rules in the league <laughs> that limit the number of colours in a top. I, which I thought you were going to say because it's to too smash. disgusting. It does look like, uh, the way it's I obscene. describe it, yeah, the way I describe it is it looks like Kandinsky uh, had food poisoning, basically. Uh, That's but, a very good description. I was going to say it looks yeah. like a cross between three different Tour de France cycling <laughs> stops. Yeah, it's an abomination. Let's be, yeah. let's be blunt. Check it out, or actually don't check it out. Save yourself. By Chuck it out. <laughs> Chuck it out. Knowing Inter, this is just a ploy to have more people... Um, against them so that they can build that uh, us against them spirit even more you know what though there's something has to be said for the amount of time that people speak about inter i mean the the marketing team are doing an absolutely top job first of all they had that ridiculous uh, not for it, not for everyone uh, slogan <laughs> then they had the i am um, thing that they that they came out with marketing spiel that they came out with now they've got this that they have the badge which coincided with the I am they've got this disgusting top I mean they've got a way of keeping them in the you know in it's the true. in the gossip so maybe that's I mean, the whole point when you're into like what would their marketing team have to do for people not to speak about them like how could they do a bad job not pay the salaries for a few months Ooh. oh they did that and <laughs> not, didn't matter <laughs> right, if we're saying that by designing a bad shirt I guess they could do something quite bland, maybe. All right. Anyway, enough about Inter because we're just proving their point. Kenny, you want to talk about Simi? Yeah, yeah. Honorable mention for for Simi, who has now got eight goals in his last five games, and uh, between the third of March and the third of April, he scored more goals than any other player across Europe's top five leagues. So I think that is definitely deserving of an honorable mention. That's impressive playing for Retorno, considering they don't score that many goals. Absolutely. <laughs> fair play to him. And Boaz, on the topic of goal scorers, I guess we have to give this man another one. Yeah, we have to give an honourable mention to my good friend and uh, frequent <laughs> pod listener, Cristiano Ronaldo, who um, got uh, 25 goals or more in the 11th season out of the last 12, more or less. Again, his personal record is cannot be disputed and yet i would also like to give him a dishonorable mention because um he knew that with the exception of maybe the coppa italia he might not win a trophy this year and that that would (laughs) be really bad and 
So he heard about this thing called the Living La Vida Loca Challenge. And um, <laughs> some, there, he, there was a perfect cross and you expect uh, Ronaldo to score headers quite easily. But he kind of flinched, missed the ball and then kicked the goal and when then stared at the post like the post was starting a fight with him in a bar. <laughs> Maybe it was just a, a celebration of winning the Vida Loca Award, like that post kick. <laughs> Maybe that is how you celebrate winning this award. It's triumphant. The thing that was so spectacular about this one was that the um, he was only about three yards out as well. Completely unmarked, uh, completely free header on a plate. I have a theory. Because usually he, he's known for like these incredibly high jumps for his headers, whereas this, this ball was quite low. And I think he was just like, nah, this doesn't look spectacular enough. Yeah, maybe that was yeah. it. Maybe he had to make yeah. it more spectacular by completely fresh airing it. Yeah, it was a spectacular celebration. Anyway, that's all we've got time for this week. If you don't already, please do subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your audio. Uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Until then, enjoy the football. La Roma è campione d'Italia per la stagione 2000-2008. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.